This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and advocate of equal rights. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day I'm going to share a few of my very favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today in 1990, the then president of South Africa, F.W. de Klerk, freed Nelson Mandela from prison. Mandela went on to become the first black president of South Africa after fighting for his entire life against apartheid in the country. Let's reverse and talk about how it all took place. Nelson Mandela was born in 1918, the son of a chief of the Tembu tribe. Everyone around him imagined that Mandela would become the next chief of the tribe, but instead he pursued a university education and became a lawyer. He joined the African National Congress in 1944. The organization was focused on gaining rights for black people in South Africa, which at the time was under minority rule by powerful and corrupt white politicians. Around the same time, those politicians initiated the policies of apartheid. Apartheid made racism and racist practices in South Africa an institutional law. It kept black people and white people separated in nearly all aspects of daily life. Racial segregation was official government policy, and the white minority grasped tightly to the power they'd gained because they knew that these vile policies would never pass under a democratic voting system. Black people lost basic rights, and this spurred many of them to enroll in the ANC to try and fight back. Mandela became a leader in the ANC and was made deputy national president of the party in 1952. He was a pioneer in nonviolent action with boycotts, strikes, marches, and civil disobedience. In 1960, there was a terrible massacre of peaceful black protesters in Sharpeville. Police officers opened fire on peaceful black protesters and killed 69 people. After the police in South Africa began killing black protesters, Nelson Mandela worked with the paramilitary branch of the ANC to escalate the actions against the white minority government and the police employed by the state. He was arrested for treason in 1961 and acquitted, but then he was arrested again the next year for illegally leaving the country. He was sentenced to five years at Robben Island Prison, which is several miles off the coast of Cape Town, and then tried again while in prison on more treason charges. He defended himself in the Rivonia trial, which became an international news event. It was so-called because Mandela and his fellow freedom fighters had been arrested in the Rivonia suburb of Johannesburg at a farm they'd been using as a hideout. The government raided the hideout and arrested the people hiding there for terrorist activities. Of course, it seems strange to call Mandela and his fellow protesters fighting for racial justice terrorism, but it's an important reminder that sometimes the way the government of a nation frames things isn't the moral way, and that we have to evaluate protest actions based on what the individuals are fighting for rather than how they are perceived in the government or the media. In my personal opinion, I think it sparks a larger conversation and dissection of what happened with the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020 inside of America. But anyways, back to the story. 
On June 12, 1964, Nelson Mandela was sentenced to life in prison. He ended up spending 27 years in prison, the first 18 of which were at Robben Island Prison. He lived alone in a small cell without a bed or plumbing and worked in a quarry every single day. He was allowed only to write and receive one letter every six months. Once every year, he would have one visitor for 30 minutes. Usually, the visitor was his wife, Nomzamo Winnie Mandela. Throughout his time in prison, Mandela was still thought of as the symbolic leader of the anti-apartheid movement. He led a civil disobedience movement within the Robben Island prison, and it ended up forcing South African officials to improve living conditions on the prison island. In 1982, he was moved from the island to a prison on the mainland, and six years later, he was moved to a small cottage to be on house arrest. Nelson Mandela did not die in prison. And I bring this up because of the so-called Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect is a name for the phenomenon when copious amounts of people share a common false memory about a public event. It was called that because there was a period of time where many people were convinced that Nelson Mandela had actually died in prison, and no one knows exactly how or why these collective public delusions came to pass, but it's definitely a crazy thing that happened. So once again, Nelson Mandela did not die in prison. Other examples of the Mandela Effect range from the silly to the absolute bizarre. Let's see what you remember about them. How was the cartoon Looney Tunes spelled? Think about it for a second. Okay, well, if you guessed T-O-O-N-S, you'd be wrong, along with millions of Americans who collectively convinced themselves that T-O-O-N-S was the correct spelling, when in reality, it's just T-U-N-E-S. Nobody knows why everyone caught on to this misspelling. Does Curious George have a tail or not? He does not. But again, tons of people remain convinced that he's always had a tail. Do you remember the Monopoly Man's monocle? Well, if you do, it's a false memory. He does not have a monocle. I know, it's crazy, but I digress. Some people think that the Mandela Effect is evidence of multiple universes, which is an intriguing theory, but it's probably just indicative of our collective bad memory. In 1989, South Africa got a new president, F.W. de Klerk, and he was in favor of abolishing apartheid. On February 11, 1990, he ordered Nelson Mandela's release. Mandela resumed his role of leadership in the ANC and led the negotiations towards the end of apartheid. In 1993, Mandela and de Klerk were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for their joint efforts to end apartheid. The next year, during the country's first free and fair election, Nelson Mandela was chosen as president. Mandela said in his inaugural address, The time for the healing of the wounds has come. He was the first black president of South Africa. I'll end with a quote from Mandela himself. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Now let's talk about music. Today in 2020, Umi released Picture Perfect. Tierra Umi Wilson left college at the University of Southern California in 2019 to pursue her music career, and boy are we glad that she did. Remember Me has over 50 million streams on Spotify and is also known for her covers on SoundCloud. Umi has said she's influenced by Frank Ocean and SZA, which totally makes sense when you listen to her music. Happy birthday to Picture Perfect! And now for our final segment of the day, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a February 9th in my life. For some reason, February happens to be the driest month of my entire life on many years. Um, I am running out of memories. 
it just, there's not much here, which is interesting to me. But last year I was in Nashville on February 9th, 2020. I was writing um, Bon Iver, I think on Sunday, I believe, while I was there. I have not, don't have proof of when I was doing it, but I, I went to Nashville for the first time essentially in February of 2020 last year. Uh, I really like Nashville actually. It's, if you don't know, it's a huge place where people write music. I, for some reason, I didn't know that. That was not common knowledge, but there you are. There is your fact of the day. Um, and I am excited to go back. I haven't gone back since then because of, of a, you know, little thing that we had around the world called the pandemic, but I'm really excited for the day that I can. Thanks for listening and see you tomorrow. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and you can follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.